Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores. The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Sillwright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores. Doing his best. Jack Eichel finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millar, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... You can't write it much better than that unless it happens on the night that you equal the Ironman record. But Phil Kessel in game number 990 scores his 400th goal and it propels the Vegas Golden Knights to a victory. And uh, Vegas is now rolling. Back-to-back wins and they've got Anaheim on Friday and the Winnipeg Jets on Sunday. An opportunity to make this one of the special starts to a season and something that can grab the National Hockey League's attention. We'll get into it. A much, much, much deeper look into Phil Kessel's big performance, what it means to the team, and now going forward with the lines, the way they're constructed, is this something that we're going to look for long-term? And the goaltending, the National Hockey League is starting to take notice. (laughs) Is it going to be the standard going forward that we expect this type of net mining. We also have Brad Barry, former National Hockey League player and now coach for the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Uh, they're facing Arizona State University on Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena. It's a destination game for UND. We'll explain what that means because they do it every year and it'll blow your mind as to what hmm. happens in and around the UND hockey uh, program. And uh, we also have some details about uh, Nevada Day, which is coming up on Friday, and uh, what it means to you if you're going to that game against the Anaheim Ducks. And we have a couple of tickets to give away to that. Not yet. Don't call 702-876-1340. Don't call 702-876-1340. Not yet. But over the next couple of hours, we will give you a chance to wear white for the night out at the Fortress on Friday. Uh, Are you over the fact that Phil Kessel did what he did on Game 990 last night? No. No, I'm not. It's still... You know, nine ninety is is ridiculous enough, but then to to author that uh, that beautiful moment for Phil Kessel to score a goal like uh, like Phil Kessel does with using his speed and his hockey smart and uh, number four hundred in his career, like it's such a cool moment, such a such a vibe really for the Golden Knights and Phil Kessel last night that uh, it, it was kind of a perfect situation uh, on on a really nice evening for Phil Kessel. Does it make up for the buzz kill the night before? <laughs> Yeah, to be honest with you, like I kind of like the fact that it happened this way. Like you get to celebrate your 400th goal on both the night that you tie and the night that you break the Ironman streak, uh, and that it counts for real on the night that you break it. Like I think that uh, 
It's only Phil. Like that, 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 that seems to me the only way that it would have gone for Phil Kessel. He, he, it looks like he gets 400 in the game that he ties. It doesn't happen. He goes back 24 hours later and gets that one to go for him. I, I think it's kind of a fitting uh, bookend to, to a really cool 24 hours for Phil Kessel. You've got NHL superstars, legends, uh, in that dressing room, uh, Stanley Cup champions inside that dressing room, a coach that has done everything going up to that game seven uh, in a Stanley Cup final, all kinds of people that have experienced it all. And I'm leading to something. Did you see the the, the post game picture of the guys in the room mm-hmm. afterwards with Phil? Mm-hmm. Like that was that was yeah. overwhelming joy. For somebody, and for all those guys that have been in world championships and Santa Cup finals and all star games, they were so happy for their buddy more than anything. They weren't happy for Phil Kessel, they were happy for their buddy Phil. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That picture was really, really fun to, to kind of get a, a bird's eye view into the locker room for the Golden Knights, how excited everybody was for Phil in that moment. Um, and you get a sense, I think, of, of how much the team just loves Phil Kessel, yeah. how, how quickly he has been able to endear himself to his teammates and how much everyone in that room to a man just wants him to succeed. He's that type of person. He's that type of teammate, and it's really cool to see. He scores, he sets the Ironman record, and then he... Spoke afterwards. Uh, Phil Kessel on 990 and goal 400. No, but I mean, obviously that's how it works, right? Um, uh, but uh, you know, I was happy to get it, and uh, you know, it was a special night, and you know, uh, I'm glad to get the win. Do you believe in narrative or things like that? I mean, obviously, like... uh, you know, that's how you know it works, right? Um, um, but like I said, it's a uh, you know, it's a special night for me, and you know, it worked out. Last two games, do you feel like that you're starting to come along yeah, here? Uh, yeah, coming along here a little bit. Uh, you know, feeling better out there, and um, just getting back into it. Take, take me through the the goal if you can. Just Brett gets you the, the yeah, puck. Yeah, gets me a puck. I'm kind of coming with speed, and I was able to beat the guy and just you know chip it past him. What does it say about the group? So win these two games with obviously you don't want all the attention but to, for the group to come out and yeah you know uh obviously we got a good group here you know uh um we're gonna be a good team this year and if we continue to grow uh you know hopefully that then how do you feel like things are coming together strong start here overall yeah yeah we're playing you know we're playing well we're uh you know we're getting it done and you know we got to continue you know it's a tough league to win games and uh hopefully uh we just keep it going what did you think of the video tribute? Yeah, it was nice. I appreciate it. You know, uh, um, you know they don't have to do that, but uh, you know I appreciate it out of them, and uh, you know it means a lot. Did you talk to Keith Yandel at all beforehand? I know Yans, you know, and I like I said before, you know he's a great guy, and you know I think he got the short end of the stick there in Philly, um, what they did, but uh, you know it is what it is, and uh, you know obviously, uh, you know I guess now I got the Iron Man or whatever. So some pretty good memories in this building. Win a cup here. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good building for me. Uh, you know, I've had a bunch of good nights here, and uh, you know, it's a special building. Obviously, uh, you know, always remember that first cup. Uh, you know, uh, the, the locker room. It was unbelievable experience. Good show of resilience from the group in the third. Yeah, you know, we obviously uh, we had a bad second. We came out in the third, and uh, you know, we had a good period. So what it mean to have your dad here tonight? Yeah, it's a lot. You know, my obviously my dad. Uh, you know, he's. Help me with everything. He's my best friend, and 
Um, you know, he's always here to support me no matter what. Are you glad you don't have to worry about this anymore? Until, yeah. Until you hit a thousand. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. You know, let's see. You just keep going and see where it ends up. Phil Kessel postgame after setting the Ironman record in front of Phil Kessel Sr. at the Shark Tank. And uh, we talked about yesterday. He's had great success against San Jose over the years. Not a big surprise that he would go out and he would score a goal. That being his first with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in this, his, uh, his fourth team. But also a great uh, weight off his shoulder with the record. And it's not... I mean, to have him play his two best games, Ryan on the night that mm-hmm. he ties the record and then breaks the record tells me that mm-hmm. he, he there's this was around him through the whole thing and mm-hmm. he's been able to relax the last couple of nights cuz he's he's at the record and and we we've passed the pinnacle of it yeah i mean i think that the last two nights for phil castle you're starting to really see the player that the golden knights were envisioning uh, bringing in this year on a $1.5 million contract. You're, you're starting to see the player that has something to prove and a chip on his shoulder to the NHL world. And, you know, Phil was really, really good on, on Monday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, you, you get that goal against San Jose. I thought his line, uh, by and large, was, was strong against San Jose. And, you know, for depth scoring and the ability for Phil to kind of break open games or, or you know, a player that has that, that ability... Um, you're starting to see, I think, what the Golden Knights were hoping for when they signed Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel can jump, and even at mid-30s of age, you saw him go down the ice, and he's going against uh, Matt Benning, who's not considered to be the most offensive defenseman and most fleet of foot, but still got by him. And, and got by him uh, with, with relative ease. And he's fresh coming off the bench and able to use that to advantage. But I, I think that's kind of uh, the underlying story is how much he still has left in the tank in game 990. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think Phil Kessel's, you know, lost his, his ability to be explosive. I think that for... You know, a hockey player that has wheels, that has speed, and, and has been able to kind of use that to his advantage, there are pockets where he's going to be able to pick that apart. And you, you give Phil Kessel the puck through the neutral zone, and you, you give him an opportunity uh, against a defender that maybe is a little bit off-balanced or, or a little bit more flat-footed, I think Phil Kessel's going to win those races. So um, I, the speed is is not what it used to be, but he's still got um, escapability. He's still got uh, the, the type of speed that can get him and put him in the, in the right position and you saw that last night on his goal. His speed may not be what it was in Boston or Toronto, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, but I'll tell you this. I think he's quicker today than he was in Arizona. By by yeah. pure motivation and pure excitement of being on a team that has a chance to win on a consistent basis and do something special in the Stanley Cup playoffs. May not what have been at the start of his career, but I don't think he's lost a step from Arizona. He he's gained a step just by desire to go out there and and get it done. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think you're right on the money there. Like you're seeing uh, a Phil Kessel that that's better than the version of Phil Kessel you saw with the Arizona Coyotes last year. And I, again, I, I think you're you're right. Motivation that's certainly something that's going to to push you in the right direction. But there's a competitiveness to Phil Kessel. This is a guy that likes to win hockey games. That wants to win hockey games. That just wants to play hockey for as long as he possibly can. And you know, you you 
put a, a carrot in front of them of playing with a Golden Knights hockey team that has something to prove, that believes that they are contenders. I, I think that you get the best version that you can right now at this stage of his life of Phil Kessel, and you saw it again last night. He's he's starting to uh, he's starting to grow into this this team this this structure, and and I think that with with all of the distraction of setting the Ironman record now behind him, you're going to see an impactful Phil Kessel on a night-in, night-out basis. We are now at the point where he's got the record. So there's no more jinxing anything. You can't affect it uh, spiritually. (laughs) And I know some people were a little bit nervous about going out and declaring him on the verge of setting the Ironman. And he's going to set it on Monday night, uh, and he's going to uh, establish a new mark on Tuesday night. And there's some hesitancy to that if you're at all superstitious. I heard from you people. Now that he's done it, (laughs) what are you most impressed with by Phil Kessel establishing a new NHL consecutive game streak? Uh, I mean, it's it's 13 years in the making, right? Like, you, you start to to really get into the numbers and get into the amount of time that's passed between when Phil Kessel started this streak and where he's at today. And just the fact that, you know, you, you were able to continue to suit up. You didn't miss time all through COVID, all through the bubble, all through the uncertainty of, you know, what was going to be happening and, and, you know, and testing and and all that, like it, it, it was so far out of Phil's control over the course of that 12 months, 16 months, as to whether or not he'd be able to keep the streak alive, and yet it it worked. It continued to happen, and you know, for me, I, you you know, players are going to play through things. You know, they're going to be banged up. You know, that there are going to be moments where, um, you know, they just they just don't want to go, and yet Phil showed up every single day, ready to go to work, and I, I think that that just speaks to the the character that he has, and it speaks to his desire to just go out and play this game. That's where he's at his happiest. That's what he wants to do more than anything else it's just go out and play with his team one of my favorite drinks of all time has been uh, what i call if i was going to order it'd be like a cc and diet diet coke with canadian club i'm going cc for a different reason though here even though uh, uh cc and uh and diet makes me feel really good like that's uh, mm-hmm. it's my comfort uh drink uh cc is covid and coaching when it comes yeah. to phil kessel COVID to get through a pandemic. Nobody else had to deal with that uh, other than Keith Yandel and mm-hmm. Phil Kessel when they got to the record. Yeah. Ivan Provorov of the Philadelphia Flyers was over 400 games played in a row. He got caught up in COVID. His streak was yeah. stopped. Like It did halt people's runs of consecutive game and people that maybe in eight years would have had a chance to mm-hmm. do. Uh, be on the verge of, of breaking Phil Kessel's record. Not going to happen because they they tested positive. So it did take a chunk out of the people in contention for the consecutive game streak. So he gets past COVID. Now the coaching realm. And injury is one thing. That is a good fortune. That's another. Like he avoided injury. Uh, coming off the shoulder uh, surgery to start this this record and never encountered anything that would keep him out of the lineup uh, uh, again. But coaching is one that I haven't heard anybody talk about. Hmm. To play for this many teams that are good, that are bad, at the top of the game, rebuilding stage, and somewhere in the middle. He played 
for coaches who kept him in the lineup for 990 games. Mm-hmm. And over 13 years, which should not be overlooked, those are great milestones. Those are great numbers. But you have to keep the coach happy yeah. for that much time, that many games in a row, and not for the coach or the manager to make a point and take you out of the lineup. Now, in Toronto, he had a, a, a fun back and forth with Randy Carlisle. Good one, Randy. I don't know whether you guys remember uh, the 24-7 episode that they did. Uh, the, there was, I wouldn't say friction there, but Randy was a hard coach to play for. Mm. And he's he's not lovey-dovey. Phil stayed in the lineup with Randy. He went to Pittsburgh, and it's well documented that he and Mike Sullivan were not best friends. Mm-hmm. Or big reason why Phil Kessel had success in Pittsburgh was the presence of Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett is the Phil Whisperer. Rick Tockett <laughs> has been reached out to by everybody that comes in contact as a coach of Phil Kessel. It's what mm-hmm. you do because you want to get the most out of Phil Kessel. You talk to Rick Tockett. But Rick's boss in Pittsburgh is Mike Sullivan, who can do whatever he wants. Take you out, Mm -hmm. keep you in, play you two minutes, play you 25 minutes. He and Phil were not on the same page every night. There's Mm -hmm. great video, if you like the odd back and forth between player and coach, of Mike and Phil giving it to each other. But Phil stayed in that lineup. He helped them win two Stanley Cups. That was one thing. Mm -hmm. But it could have got to the point very easily and might have with other coaches, quite honestly, where Mike would or could have taken Phil out. He didn't. One is Mm -hmm. Phil contributed. The other one is Phil's a great teammate with with his buddies. And that would not have gone over well in the room. So to be up, and then we get to Arizona, you're not going to take him up there because he only had six or seven NHLers at times last year with injuries and different other uh, situations going on. You weren't going to take him out uh, there. But he could have he bailed. He could have taken himself mm-hmm. out by being frustrated. I think the, the coaching part needs to be recognized that over 13 years, there wasn't a time where there was a back check that the coach didn't like, there wasn't an uh, an effort that the coach was so disappointed in. There wasn't any of that that caused the coach to take Phil out. Mm-hmm. And that is very impressive. So you you kind of touched on something about Phil and and being beloved by his teammates. Like do you do you view that or do you think that that uh, is something that that kind of pushed maybe a coach that that wanted to, or or, or do you view, view that as just something that was never on the table because of of Phil and and being productive and finding ways to contribute in in, in different ways? Well, I don't know whether it's something that the coach would go, you know, what, his teammates his teammates aren't going to be happy with me, so I'm going to keep him in the lineup. 
I don't yeah. think it comes in that order. Where I believe that it does play a role is, mm. is my life going to be a lot harder if I try and prove a point <laughs> to Phil Kessel by taking Phil Kessel out that the rest of my team mm. is going to be dog doo-doo tomorrow night because they're all ticked right. off at me because I took Phil out. So I've lost yeah. their effort, and I've lost some respect from them, all because I tried to prove a point. And I don't know whether it ever came to that, but sure, I could I could certainly see where it would have some kind of influence. I don't I don't think the coach goes right right off the bat and says, "I'd really like to take him out, but I'm afraid of these guys." No, he's looking sure. at yeah. is my job going to become a lot harder. Because coaches do look at that way, like they're they are human beings. Is my co- job going to be a lot harder if I do this? Yeah, it is. Darn right, it is. I want to do this, but I can't. I won't. It's not right for the team, and it affects the team uh, dramatically. So they 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 do work together, but I I think it's more his play that did keep him in the lineup. His popularity yeah. with the group should not be uh, under estimated or underappreciated. And you saw that going back to the team picture in the room after where everybody gets mm-hmm. together with Phil Kessel right in the middle and chanting Phil, Phil, Phil uh, <laughs> in the Golden Knights dressing room because they're so happy for a guy that has played that has played eight mm-hmm. games with them. Yep. Eight, eight yep. games. And they're that pumped up for the guy. Yeah, and again, I think it just kind of goes to show you, right, who Phil Kessel is as as a person and deep down what he is all about. He's all about coming into work every single day and playing with the boys, just making sure you've got your best uh, on a night-to-night basis that you get to play this game. And you're, you're right, you're, you, you've got all of that goodwill, all of that uh, all of those vibes surrounding this Golden Knights team, surrounding Phil Kessel, and he's played just eight games for the Golden Knights. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. It really is. And you know, when when part of your 990 in a row is 208 consecutive games for the Arizona Coyotes at, at a at a part of their history where they've just been bad. The first the, fir- uh, it, the it first gives... 80 to 90 weren't bad. They 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 kind of thought they were going to be okay. They there. were. The they last were, they were, were f- painful. The the I, I I'll give it like seventy. I'll give it seventy games hey, with Arizona. And who was his coach was at fine. the start of that? Okay. Who's his coach? It was Rick Tockett. It was Rick Tockett. Yeah. yeah. And and like listen, I, I I you're you're right, but the the fact of the matter is like it it's it's about playing the game. Like if you had any ideas or or thoughts of of how much you think Phil Kessel loves hockey. This 990 consecutive game streak, what he's been able to do over the course of his career, how much he is devoted to to finding ways to get himself into the lineup, uh, it gives you an idea just how much he loves this game, and it's it's infectious. Those are things that you can build off of within a team construct, and I think the Golden Knights love having Phil around because he loves playing the game so much. You may not have a bigger individual moment in Phil Kessel's career than last night when he scored that goal. Could you yeah. tell that was goal 400 in game 990? Did it jump out yeah. at you? It didn't to me. It was just, we got a goal. We got a lead. Let's go. Well, can you, can you oh, play, come on. Can you play yeah. the answer 
the first answer to Phil Kessel's post game last night. I want I want people to hear the first answer after game nine ninety. Your mind when you went in on that? <laughs> no, but I mean, obviously that's how it works, right? Um, uh, but uh, you know, I was happy to get it, and uh, you know, it was a special night, and you know, uh, I'm glad to get the win. There it is. The biggest individual night of his career, and it was a 14-word answer. Happy to get the win. And the reason why I wanted us to play that again was not to back up my point, was to let you hear Phil Kessel again. Because you may not hear Phil Kessel in another interview for two months. Because of what he's uh, endured <laughs> over the last uh, three three weeks uh, leading up to this record. He's done with it. He's ready to move on. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. is happy and content. He's done it all. 400. Game 990. Sure, we got a couple milestones to come. But it's time to exhale. We're going to talk uh, another brand of hockey. Great matchup coming up. University of North Dakota against ASU. The head coach of UND is coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Got some college hockey coming up this weekend. VGK on Friday night. Uh, VGK on Sunday. Actually, Friday's the afternoon game with the Nevada Day game. And then it's uh, Sunday afternoon. And in between, the UND Fighting Hawks take on ASU. As a Manitoban, I grew up on this UND hockey. And uh, while the name's changed, uh, the commitment to winning has stayed the same. And let's uh, bring in Brad Berry, the head coach of the UND Fighting Hawks, who joined us. Uh, You ready for Vegas, pal? Absolutely, Darren. Can't wait to get down there. Oh, are you a Vegas guy? Like you come here every now and then, or is this going to be like a, a maiden voyage? Well, we get we get down there quite a bit. Um, you know, uh, not playing a lot, obviously, but uh, the Eaglestead family and, and Las Vegas, Nevada, are very close with our group here at North Dakota. And uh, and again, we get down there every now and then to uh, to visit them. So we uh, we frequent it quite a bit. Uh, Brad Berry's with us on the VGK Insider Show. It's UND against ASU on Saturday night, and it's going to be awesome over at T-Mobile Arena. So many tickets. Uh, so it's a destination game. Uh, do you, do you want to explain to everybody what the destination game is? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's kind of a concept we created a few years back um, where we have a lot of uh, loyal fans that support us uh, at the Ralph Ingleset Arena. About you know 12,000 seats sold out every night, but we try to... Uh, you could call it an experiment where uh, we went out to uh, Madison Square Gardens in uh, New York City and we played Boston College a few years ago. And uh, obviously, you know what Madison Square Gardens is as far as a venue. Well, we, we had about, I think, 12,000 fans travel. And between that and the, and the local people around there, packed Madison Square Gardens for a, for a neutral site game against Boston College. And, and, and it was a great experience. Uh, all of our fans took a picture at Times Square and it was just kind of a, kind of a great feeling for them. So we've kind of did it every couple of years in different venues and uh and we did it in las vegas nevada a few years back in uh in the orleans arena uh against the minnesota golfers and i think it seats about 7200 and people were phoning me like crazy go why why didn't you guys put it in t-mobile well at the end of the day uh you know uh t-mobile was just being built and and it, it, they were just starting out and, and now we uh we learned from it that we needed a bigger venue so now we're there 
it's amazing, isn't it? Hockey in the desert and college hockey coming in, and you're and you're gonna pack the place. It 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 blows me away. Yeah, you know what? It is special, right? You know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're going into a called a neutral site venue, but at the but our fans are, uh, you know, they they had it circled on the calendar for for a few months now, and and uh, it's kind of neat to see because we've got former players from all different eras coming back and. They're bringing their whole teams back, and it's just a way to connect again with with guys that uh, played at North Dakota, and then obviously our fan base there too of making it a a vacation with a little bit of fun as well. Uh, want to get Ryan in here, but uh, you mentioned uh, players from the past. Uh, anybody that you can mention that uh, that might ring a bell with me that uh, might be on on hand this weekend? Yeah, there's going to be a ton. There's going to be a ton of former players, like uh, you know, back in the day. Uh, you know, there's Phil Sykes and, oh, yeah. and Mark Chorney and and uh, Cyclone Taylor and <laughs> and uh, from that era. And then you know you got guys from different eras like Mike Commodore and and uh, and, a, and a bunch of guys that played on that national championship team in 2000. And and I think just kind of a, just a, a lot of different guys that have a special connection to our program. Well, if Commodore's coming, I know Babcock's not going to be around. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, Darren Millard, <laughs> <laughs> along along with uh, Ryan Wallace in the VGK Insider Show with the head coach of UND, Brad Berry. Yeah, I just Brad, like when you when you kind of look at your players going into this situation, playing here in Vegas, how excited is uh, is the room for this opportunity to play at T-Mobile in Las Vegas? Well, it is. You know what? And uh, they're really excited because obviously we've never played in that venue. It, it's a state of the art facility. It's uh, it's a top-notch facility, uh, an NHL facility, but, you know, the last time we were there, we played at the Orleans Arena, but we had we were fortunate enough to go watch a, uh, it was Nevada Day, too, a 3 o'clock game where we took our guys and watched the Golden Knights, and then we played the next day, and that's what we're going to do again. I know uh, the Golden Knights are playing Anaheim at 3 o'clock on Friday. We're going to take our guys there, take them out for a nice steak dinner that night, and then play the next day on, on Saturday, so... You know, our guys are looking forward to everything in and around it. But again, it's it's a business trip, and it's a focus to play one game against a very good Arizona State team. Is it normal that you would take your team out uh, for something like a, a not not a National Hockey League game, but do a big team night, or would you keep it lower key on a, on a regular road trip? Yeah, pretty low key. We usually, you know, when we go play a Friday Saturday on the road, uh, we, we we have a practice and we take them out for a steak dinner, and then guys relax in the hotel, but. You know, this is, uh, you know, what we try to pride ourselves on is obviously winning championships, but we got a lot of high-end elite players, whether they're draft picks or free agents, and they strive to be in the NHL. And uh, and what we want to do is get them, you know, uh, uh, as much access to what that level looks like. And, and I think it's great that, you know, we spend a couple periods, two, three periods of watching uh, a high-level game, and, and then we'll go back to the hotel uh, after a nice meal. So I think it's one of those things that, you know, it's part of your development process, not only on the ice and in the weight room, but having a situation where you got a really good Las Vegas Golden Knights team that we want to kind of watch and guys uh, dream about playing in the NHL. Brad Berry's uh, with us on the VGK Insider Show talking hockey, college hockey, UND against ASU this Saturday night at T-Mobile, Ryan. Yeah, you know, you kind of mentioned there that you're you're kind of striking a balance, right, between going out and seeing some some high-level hockey and, and, and understanding where your players are coming from. Uh, just over the course of, of your tenure as a coach, how, how has it changed for you? How has coaching changed, or how have the players that you've been coaching changed over the last couple of years? Well, you know what, it's, I don't want to say it's become a business, but, it, like, it is. Like, at the end of the day, you know, players nowadays, before, before players in the summer would get, you know, get a job and make some extra money doing, doing, uh, doing some different odd jobs in the summer. Well, now everything's concentrated on, uh, 
on, on getting your body into the best shape it possibly can be and training 12 months a year to, uh, to try to give yourself a chance to succeed not only in college but in a chance to succeed at pro hockey. So, you know, they're, they're, they're investing in, their, in themselves on a 12-month-a-year basis here. And, and then the other thing for me is the communication side of it. Like before, more than ever, communication is the key. I firmly believe the key to success whether you're doing well or whether whether you're not doing well and a player is struggling, like you have to communicate with people because at the end of the day, if you don't, uh, it, it's just a deterrent of, uh, of development and, and a team from winning. Uh, I like to summarize it like players have got a lot smarter in the sense of they're, not, they're uh, yep. a lot more apt to tell you what they think than, than they used yep. to be, right? You're 100% right. You know, with social media, with with just just being ingrained in the game of hockey, like you know, our guys come into the rink every single day, eat breakfast, and watch NHL highlights, and they know who's in and out of the lineup and who's not playing well, and what team is going and what team is not. Like at the end of the day, they're they're sharp and they're focused on the game of hockey. And you're right, uh, they're smarter than they ever were. What kind of team do you have? Yeah, I think we got a pretty balanced team. We've got a lot of depth on our team. Um, you know, we've got some high end elite players. Uh, that are that are very skilled, and then we've got some some really good two way players that are gritty that uh, that are very hard and heavy, and uh, and I think you need a balance uh, of a little bit of both on your team to have success here. And you know we're just finding our way right now. Um, you know we're three two and one after six games. Uh, we played a couple of the top teams in the country, and I think it's sharpened us a lot as far as playing in those uh, those games to the point where. You know what? We're we're work in progress, and we're going to continue to get better here. I'm going to gr- bring you onto the show on the TV side on on Friday because we're going to talk hockey in the first intermission. I don't know whether you know that yet, but the request is in, so I hope I'm not letting the cat <laughs> sure. out of the bag on this. Uh, but uh, so we'll watch some NHL hockey, and then we'll talk uh, college hockey. But uh, I'd like to know from you because as as a guy from Brandon, Winnipeg, uh, you played in Winnipeg, you coached in Winnipeg. Yep. Uh, you know how much of a presence UND is. What makes your program so strong? Every single year, going back to the Geno days, and now to yep. to the Brad era. Well, you know what? I think it's just uh, the tradition and history, and uh, I think the commitment and the accountability level that that everybody that comes to North Dakota, like like when when uh, when we go into the rinks to recruit players, they know that it's a situation where you know that's a team first mentality. Like you know, we get really good players from all over the country coming into our group, but. You know, we're coming into one locker room that there's only 27 players that are a part of, and everybody's got a role on the team, and 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 everybody's a team first attitude, and and I think it's just a situation where the blue collar, humble humbleness, the the hard work ethic that that we have every single day of coming in and trying to trying to earn everything you get, and I think that's very special. It's something that you talked about, Gino Gasparini implementing, you know, in in the 70s, and it's going currently today, and I think it's a situation where tradition and history is a big deal. And it's carried over. Brad, I didn't mention the 70s. You didn't have to, to point out that I'm old. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have to go that far to, to go down that road. Hey, uh, before we let you go, uh, Ryan's never been up there. But I want you to tell him there's 32 National Hockey League ranks. How many of those is the Ralph Engelstad Arena nicer than the, the rink that you guys Ooh. play out of? Is it uh, half? Well, you know what? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you it's nicer than the 32. But you know what we say to people? We feel like we're the 33rd NHL team. The yeah. way the way we can the way the way we travel, the way our facility looks, and the way we handle our players, we feel like we're the 33rd NHL team. So I'm not going to say that we're better than the 32, but I think we're we feel like we're the 33rd. It's spectacular. 
and and Brad's being very modest in this. It mm-hmm. is off the charts uh, cool. I can't wait to hook up with you and see you again uh, on Friday yeah. on the TV side. Uh, have a great trip down here. Enjoy every minute of it, which I, I know that you will allow the players to do. And uh, have a yeah, great game look- against ASU. Yeah, we're looking for... We're looking forward to it, Darren. Hey, by the way, just to let you know, I know a lot about you, man. I know, obviously, your brand and roots, but I, I think I saw a picture of you of a younger Darren Millard on social media the other day, too. So, uh, Did it have the big about hair? Players being, what's that? Big hair? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, that was probably the same era where I was waiting for Gino to come and recruit me. <laughs> and, and if I hadn't cut my hair since then, it would be down to the floor because I've been waiting a long time. To, to, to get into the swing of things in the same sphere of, of UND. So I'm really excited uh, to be, be there on Friday with you, buddy. All right. Looking forward to seeing you. <laughs> See you, pal. There's a Bradbury, the head coach of UND, the UND Fighting Hawks, number six in the nation against mm-hmm. ASU, Arizona State University. They, they've had their Division One program for a while now, and yeah. it's going good. They got some, some top uh, 25 votes. But uh, they're they're right out, so they're looking to get inside that ranking. And UND, they're six right now. I think they're top three by the end of the year. Oh yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. You're in I, my do- you're in my wheelhouse right now with with UND. I I can see that. Like I yeah. I had no idea. Like this is the first time you have ever brought up UND to me ever. Like we've done this show for three years now, and this is a a whole new layer to Darren Millard. It's another peel of the onion that I had no idea existed. That's the first guest that I know that's done research on us since Manny Vivros. (laughs) That's impressive. A couple of coaches doing their background. They just don't sit. Remember the first time we talked to Manny? He knew names. He knew backgrounds. It was it was like the start of a beautiful friendship. I can't go by the guy without giving him a big hug now. And I think Brad's going to be the exact same. He played for the Winnipeg Jets, a pretty good pro career, and then he was coaching, coached the Manitoba Moose, uh, and then has been at UND, formerly the Fighting Sioux, now the Fighting Hawks, and they they play in that rink. And it like there's marble, like they have this marble logo. Oh, it's just, (laughs) I'm serious. You will find, as much as you didn't want, because you don't want to make headlines, you will put that rink, if you ever go there, ahead of some National Hockey League facilities. Without Now I have uh, to go there. Doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And And now I have to go. And uh, if you run into anybody on the Strip this weekend that's having a pretty Mm -hmm. good time, and maybe over-serve, maybe maybe a little, give them them a break. They're down from North Dakota. They're having some fun. Fargo, Grand Forks. Mm-hmm. Just, just cut mm-hmm. them some. They'll, they'll be awesome to you. Let's go. Let's nice. get it done. What's, uh, what's this? What's this picture Brad was talking about? Uh, That's what I, I I'll know. show you. It's it's from. You know what it is? It's from the old Brandon Wheat King program. And okay. I, I believe if we're talking about the same picture, and we probably are, because <laughs> Nighty likes to put it out every now and then. It's a, it's an insert into the Brandon Weeking program, circa 1990-91, and it's from the CKLQ broadcast uh, uh, ad that's in, in the program. Mm-hmm. And it's a picture of the play-by-play guy and the analyst. Play-by-play guy is Darren Dreger. The analyst is mm-hmm. Darren Millard. And I have a head of hair going that oh, is, I don't know whether this is the best way to explain it. You take a tennis ball. And you soak it in water, 
and then you you bat it around a little bit or you play road hockey with it, and then it becomes all frizzy. Like it almost mm-hmm. becomes uh, a third bigger because uh, mm-hmm. all the the covering expands on it and gets all frizzy. That's what my head head was like then. Uh, my hair was a big frizzy tennis ball, but I was I was also a good looking guy for the time, but a catch for that town. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, that got weird. Yeah, that got real. That's weird. like that's like Creeper Central, man. What do you yeah, mean, Creeper that Central? That was odd. Yeah, it was, that, that was, was definitely a little Creeper. I was a rock star. That Dragger, was weird. Dragger and I owned the town. <laughs> I got to find this picture. I can't. I can't. I, I can't like, I'm on, Shane's, hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm on Shane's Twitter right now, and I don't see it, that he tweeted it out. What, so what should I Google? Else. Darren, what should I Google you right Google now? Google anything. I'll put send put it to you. Oh, oh this is But I want to see if I can find it. You're like It's it's fun for me. Like What should I... what? You're yeah. not you're not a coach. Like Brad Barry, he's got resources. So okay. you may not have the resources that he's got available to him. So I'll just send it to you. Okay. I'm that's like, fine. Uh, some people, they run away from their past. I embrace sure. mine. No, that's good for you. Plus it was before I did a header onto the asphalt. And I called Oh, the, I found it. The good old days. Oh, oh yeah. Tweet it out, Ryan. Yeah. Why? Yeah, it's Darren, great. Why 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 were Am I you right in a about flock the frizzy, of seagulls? Frizzy tennis flock ball? of seagulls. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was the 90s. Why were you in a flock of seagulls, Darren? The, nice the, Liverpool band there. It was the 90s. That's what we did. Yeah, baby. but those guys were 80s. If, if you guys. <laughs> the, okay. You're a little, little behind the times there in Brandon, <laughs> huh? <laughs> can I. Can a whole I just, decade behind? Can I just take an, a moment here and explain something to Chapman? Oh, this do, was bad. Do, do, you, do, you mind, this terrible. do you mind me taking a moment? What did I say? I said it was 1990-1991. Yeah, and, and Flotta Seagulls are de- like 1983, that's, man. That's not a decade <laughs> it's all, behind it's, the 80s. It's this almost is, a decade. You haven't even seen the this picture. You don't even know what you're talking about. Hey, he said Flock of Seagulls. I like Flock of Seagulls, but they're not 1990s. I'm a good-looking guy. Oh, okay. You know how long Here it took me? I used to blow-dry that hair, in fact. When when I met my wife, <laughs> you, I used the blow dryer. Darren, Darren, you, you didn't need bangs in this situation. Yeah, Fabio really over didn't. here. That was that was uh, that was about a year and a half after I stopped feathering my hair. It was very early. Uh, on I now. don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Trust me, I lived it. I was there. You can't argue with me on this one. No way. And Dragger oh, and this I, is fantastic. we were the guys. We yeah, ran the town. Dragger looks. Dragger looks the same. You are. Uh, you're. De- you're. Yeah. That's. That's not what I was expecting. Good stuff. Plus, I had shoulder pads Love in my, uh, my suit. We're gonna take a break. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, ninety-eight point nine FM and thirteen forty AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I think I ruined half the fun for you guys because I embraced that picture from, what, 30 years ago? Yeah, 30 years ago, 1990, 1991, 2022. Yeah. Embrace it, baby. And you guys will will have that, too. You guys will have that at some point where you're going to have pictures that pop up, and I hope that you guys think that you look as good in the original pictures as I look in that original picture. No, I know. Listen, that's, I went into high school in great. the 90s. There are some really, really bad pictures of some really awful clothes that I wore. I just took a that, picture of you 10 minutes ago, yeah, Well, and it's already dated. <laughs> oh, did you be real today? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or fake oh, real. Okay. Cool. Be great. fake. Good. That's good. Be actually, with the, the picture. Uh, the picture on my on my Twitter um, handle is probably taken around the same time as as yours was, Darren. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're two years old. <laughs> what year were you born? No, I was like six. What year were you born? What year were you born? Come on, eight eighty six. All right, Chapman, seventy nine. Oh, you. What? You're not that much young. Don't pl- you try and sell me on this? <laughs> on what? That oh my goodness! That, that you're that much younger than me. You know what I found no, out no, yesterday? Darren, it's just so, that you act so much older than everybody. Yeah. Like, look, we go out to Red Rock, and you and I, Chapman, <laughs> we're part of the wall of rock. It's just I'm a couple of layers lower. That's it. You're still part of the rock wall, my friend. You're still up there. We're going to take a break, come back uh, with hour number two. We'll get into the result of last night, the big win for the Vegas Golden Knights, and what we see as contributing factors of positivity going forward. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.